Finally back, not cancel yet again. While wow, the new episode of the new year, 2021, hoping everything is all good. How we doing, fellas? Good. New year, new us, new episodes. Same shit. <laughs> episode 31, always coming out with a fresh hot take. We live. We always live. You got my man Teddy Lucy, yes. Money Mount. Yes, sir. Always got your the lustrous bearded one. You got your man Chris over the here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beard, like you said. It's the shoes. It's the beard. It's the beard. It's always. It's got to be the beard. <laughs> Yo, we should have shot that like commercial with me and you at the Jersey Press. <laughs> like yo, what's the beard? Everybody always wonders, like Chris, how you get that beard to be so soft and luscious? And I'm like, you just gotta do what you gotta do. Do me. Nah, but it's it's all lit. I'm glad we was able. We are in 2021. 2020 is behind us. The Michael Myers has been like stabbed. Or thrown off a building, in a sense. As you say that, <laughs> you know this motherfucker always keeps lurking and coming out. Like, so we don't know if twenty twenty one is Halloween two, and we gotta like run around in the hospital. Ain't nobody no shit. This was already uh, quite the interesting year. It ain't disappearing. You know, we just gotta roll with the punches. We've had a uh, a lot going on. Um, we've had, you know, some, uh, some lost ones, some lost souls, you know, fairly recent, you know, just wanted to give that little moment of silence to, you know, John Huber, AKA most of you would know him as Brody Lee and Luke Harper who passed away, um, just a couple of days ago, uh, non COVID. So we're going to, we want to put that out there. Um, but it was definitely one of those things that was very sudden. Um, and you know, it was it was definitely a, a tough loss, to say the least. Um, I, I would have to say probably the toughest since Eddie. And then for me personally, I feel like because I wasn't, I think I was alive, but I wasn't a wrestling fan when it happened. This probably is like the biggest tragedy since Owen. And and not like a tragedy. I want to say like the magnitude of said Lawson. Because and you know wrestling uh, as carny as it is, as much politics as it is, this um the passing of John, it was nothing but positive. From WWE to like indies and like anybody else in the wrestling world who spoke up on him, it wasn't a negative thing said about him. No. And the one thing, it's always the same thing. The wrestling community um, always comes together. They're always bands together um, in terms of tragedy like that. Um, and this is kind of even when we lost Shad early in the year, you know, him saving out his son. Um, so we definitely can't, you know, forget that one. You know, we've lost 
uh, Pat Patterson. We've lost, um, you know, Animal from the legendary Legion of Doom. Um, Even Tony it, it was, oh, yeah, you know, it's definitely been, no, it's I been think crazy. This, honestly, 2020 has probably been one of the most tragic wrestling years in a long time. I can't, like, really recall so much tragedy, like, hitting the wrestling world. Because, like you said, like, Shad dying, trying to save his son, Huber yeah. going, like, right before 2021, with, like, nobody knowing, just, like, out of thin air, so... And Pat Patterson, so... We've... And then we also had Hannah Kimura as well, you know... Um. She was definitely another one. You know, we lost uh, Howard Finkel. Damn. You know, for me growing up as a kid, like, you know, everyone, you know, who's like a boxing fan always know that you always had the ready to rumble. You know, Howard Finkel was that voice for me for, you know, back in the uh, the, the F years, the Federation <laughs> years. You know, he was he was that voice for me. And it's crazy because, you know, you know, I, it's not even a... You know, we got the COVID year, and all these deaths that we're talking about is not even COVID like related. It just goes, it nah. just goes to show, you know, even though you know a lot of crazy stuff going on, you know, you know, still a lot of death all around in different areas and stuff like that. Yeah, I was saying, and I know one dude, one wrestling reporter, he got in hot water because he was trying to imply like Brody's was um COVID, which is a pretty. It's, it's I understand like you're you work for a dirt sheet. But over, like, a recent passing and then trying to, like, strong arm and tell the people who's close to him that it was COVID when that, I think that's, like, pretty low and gross. Especially since they stated that it wasn't. Yeah, like, how can the people, they're like, no, 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 this is a work, they're working us, it was COVID. What? what like, what's the work over? You gonna work over COVID? Like... And then, it, then this is a shame this that, that uh, um, Brody's wife had to come out and put out a statement after the fact. Yeah, like this is not COVID related. Like he, you know, he was already dealing with um uh, with an issue, you know, before the, all of this happened, you know, and like you're you're trying to do what? This isn't one of those like Vince McMahon trying to you know set up a rivalry between him and God. You know, like this isn't this isn't one of those things. And, um, you know, it just sucked. You know, like I, I got a chance to to meet John a couple of times. And, you know, from just my, you know, experience with him and kind of just being able to talk with him, like he was, you know, legitimately one of these like down to earth guys that you can, you know, just shoot the shoot, the, you know, shoot the shit with. Same thing with Shad, like. And I remember there was a there was an event where we had over um I believe it was Legends Bar. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, just kind of going there and watching some of these events that would they used to have and host there, you know, he would definitely show up. And he was just one of the dudes. Yeah. He was there on Wale Mania week. He was in there. Yeah. Everyone. You know, obviously me and T got to see him on stage. And it goes to show you too, like you know, obviously everybody had their tributes for um Brody over the week, just like 
like Big E, for example, like all throughout the week, he had like a story, like of them, like on the road. Yeah. It just goes to show, you know, these guys are with each other more than their families, you know. And how yeah, per- and that was across the board from like every every other promotion that everybody you know was with, you know, even uh, just from the the funeral itself, you know, everybody was there. You know, nobody had anything. Um, negative to say, and everybody said the exact same thing. Um, everybody did their tributes. Everybody had so much respect um, for him. Even just when AEW did their tribute video, you know, they even showed some of the some of the stuff when he was in WWE. I don't know if anybody, you know, caught that. No, but that, yeah. that had to happen. You know, it it was like that, just uh, um, across the board that there's more you know, than just the business part of it. No, which is very, because if they were doing, because the way the tribute was, was, um, was presented was really like a start to end. And you really couldn't have a tribute like that without, um, the inclusion of Eric Rowan and Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure because the titles were shown. So somebody, from AEW yeah. had to contact somebody at WWE. So it wasn't like yeah. this was thrown in without any knowledge. And like you had guys where, you know, showing photos when, you know, with some of the old WWE guys. Um I thought I it was it was actually pretty cool to see that happen. I know in a perfect world, um it definitely would have been great if uh somehow we would have had Bray Wyatt come out you know, do like a little, you know, a little interpromotion, you know, like tribute. I, I thought that's something that would have been uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I never thought about that. That, that, that would have been, if that would have been like the, the olive branch. Yeah. Yeah, you could even tell like even that Wednesday night when um, NXT was airing, like they sort of scaled back and let AEW, you know, kind of have the, the kind of, yeah, kind of have yeah. the night. Yeah, because they did it. Yeah. And you know, yeah. No, no, I was going to say, like, some people kind of gave, uh, was giving WWE shit because, like, oh, why why couldn't they do, you know, something big or, or, or like, even more than AEW? I was like, you got to remember, like, it's, you know, it's also, I, I don't even know how to really even describe it. Like, it's just, it's, it's different. Like, he's over at AEW, and I think they kind of almost had every right to be able to lose, you know, one of their own current mm-hmm. stars. Um, but the fact that, you know, they did, you know, WWE, I felt like they did let AEW run with it and kind of do their own thing and kind of also be able to contribute, you know, contribute to just the, the tribute itself. Yeah, I was going to say with, um, with the WWE, because I know a lot of people were shitting on them, but for them, like you said, he was a uh, AEW contracted wrestler and his passing, yeah. he passed what, uh, Sunday, Saturday. Yeah, it was legit, like right so after Christmas. Literally, they they understand like he, he loved in the locker room and stuff like that. But for them, they couldn't scramble and have Monday Night Raw be like such a big tribute show. But also, in respect, they did also have to give AEW has to have like the official crack at a tribute show first. Yeah, yeah. Because and I and we we all always kill WWE. 
But then they were like in a lose lose situation because if they would have done like a big tribute, they would be like, "How? Why would you do this?" Like he's an AEW wrestler. They're just like trying to profit yeah. off of like the yeah, ratings. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, because also, because also, like a lot everybody is gonna be like, if they were to do that, like Vince didn't really treat him with proper respect while he was there, and all of a sudden, now, now you're now y'all guys into the Luke Harper business. No. Um. So everybody's gonna honestly have their own opinions to it, but um. I don't really care. I think uh, they shared enough stories, and that even during that RAW, everybody on that roster had um, anyone who had a really close relationship with him. They, um, you know, they 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 share what they meant to him during their it was matches. Like Easter eggs was a plenty on Monday night. Yeah, like everybody was wearing, you know, the the Brody, you know, armbands. It wasn't Luke Harper. You know, they never really even did anything like that. It was more like John and everybody was wearing, you know, Brody armbands. Mm-hmm. You know, doing his, uh, you know, his signature clothesline. Um, and just kind of, you know, doing the mimicking, even um, with Drew McIntyre doing his whole, hey, 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 you know, it's Monday. You know what that means. And for most who don't get that, this is how much of a troll he just, John was. If you were to follow him on Twitter, his his tweets were exactly the same. There weren't anything new. Whatever day it was, it was he would mention the name of the day. You know what that means, and that's it. <laughs> that was his tweet. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it was, or if it was a special event, he was just like, you know what that means. Even Alexa Bliss snuck it in doing her promo with already. Yeah. You know, and so like they could have not have done that. I think that for them to show, you know, those kind of things, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. They didn't. You, sometimes you don't really, you don't always have to go completely bananas. But like, if you were able to slip stuff, a lot of that stuff in there, in you know, in remembrance for him, like that's that goes more than a long way than anything True. else. Yeah. You know, so. You can't you, you can't please everybody. So my at the end of the day, they keep it real. You know, fuck you. <laughs> now I want to say one thing about fuck his you. passing though, which like when it happened, it really like it really like got me thinking because um the dynamite before he passed, like something internally was like um. Cause he's been gone since the dog collar match, and then we haven't really heard like any yeah. like updates. I'm like, in the back of my mind, when I was watching the show, I was like, oh, where's Brody Lee? And like very faintly, yeah. but it wasn't like, cause you know how like AW they show like they keep things on the wrap, like if there will be a plan rather than just like throwing stuff out the window. So I was like, okay, maybe maybe he's on the way back. Like it's about to be a new year, he doesn't need the rush. So when the when the news broke, I was like, damn, like I literally was just thinking about him and his um his potential return back to dynamite. Yeah. They did a good job on AEW keeping it under wraps. Like there was no leaks on the story. They knew for a while what was going on and stuff like that. Yeah. 
that's the same thing that I kind of figured. It was it. It didn't almost seem as it was a complete, like it was a shock, but it wasn't at the same time. If you know what that means. Oh, just because he's been going so, you know, gone, so, gone for so long. Yeah, because like even on some of the uh, the BTE episodes, you know, he, you know, it was a little spot. So I, it, it might have just been one of those things that he was dealing with for a very long time. And, um, you know, his, you know, unfortunate to say, you know, his, you know, the the bell rung, you know, and then we, we ended up losing him. But, it, you know, it's, it, I know for me, it was definitely a huge shock. And I just so happened to be on Twitter. And um, just like, you know, randomly, I just like to see what's trending. And I'm like, what? What the fuck just happened? Yeah. Yeah, I would have never even known about it if it wasn't for yeah. you, Chris, because um, I was out at the moment. Yeah. And you had texted me, and I was in the midst of um, moving some, like, furniture for my cousin. She's moving out of the house and stuff. Then my phone started blowing up, and then I looked at it. I glanced at it for a second. I was like, wait, what? And then, I, then after I was finished, then yeah. I, I sat down, and I was like, damn. Like, like that's crazy. Yeah, it, it it definitely sucked, Donkey Dick, for sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, you know, but there was there was definitely some uh some pretty cool stuff, you know, just within the uh, the trivia show that AEW did. Um, you know, everything with his son, Negative One. Um, you know, they gave him his spot. You know, when he was uh he gave uh MJF, you know, Kane. Uh, a candlestick <laughs> to the fucking head, and in MJ fashion, you know, being the the great heel that he is, <laughs> you know, he ended up tweeting it was like, "Fuck that kid." <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was uh, that was actually uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, but. Definitely, um, definitely won't be forgotten for sure. Yeah, and then also, I remember last year when they had the cuts, and then we like on our private episodes, and um, we we said like he he kind of fell into like that that wrestling tier of like no matter like what they do, like they will always have like a fan support behind them just because people like them so much, like him, Rusev, Ryder. Yeah, so seeing somebody like that, like you said, like people always will. Be in Luke Harper, Brodie's corner for anything, yeah. And then him for him to not like live up because I I thought he was knocking it out the park with um the Brody Lee character, mm-hmm. the exalted one. Yeah, I was like I I've been a a, a really big fan of his for a long time. Um, you know. I remember even watching some of his like early matches from like the Indies, especially when he had a couple of those matches with like Cesaro. Um, some of those matches that he even had with uh, PWG, you know, with like a lot of those uh, Battle of LA matches and those series, like those things were were always incredible. Guys, his size, he was able to, you know, knock out, you know, just moves for a big guy that you normally don't see. Put on the hurricane runners and you're just like, what? You know, he was just he was just quick. He was very agile. Um, so just 
I wish he would have had a proper singles run. Um, he had a really good rolling um, when he had the Intercontinental title. Oh, yeah, that um, was, like, one of the main things, too. Cause I remember he won it during that Survivor Series. And I thought something was going to come out of you it. Know, but... he, yeah, and he carried, he carried it out until uh, that WrestleMania that they had out in uh, in uh, San Fran. Um, but I thought it was going to, you know, there was going to be more out of it, and it just didn't happen. Um, I was a little disappointed when they had him with a tag team again with uh, Eric Rowan, and they became the the Bludgeon Brothers, which they had a, a really yeah. good run. I know, I understand what you mean because before that yeah. happened, remember he had the um angle with Randy and the Bray, and it looked like he was almost at one point going to be a triple threat match in Mania. Yes, because he had a lot of yeah, like it was yeah, gonna he be had a lot of spark going into Mania, and we thought, you know, he was gonna be in a triple threat match. Yeah. There was some rumors going around. He had a lot of things going on. Then the last minute, they they didn't put it together. Now that match, that match should have been yeah. Good, but I, I always felt like that. Absolutely, and I was, to me that was the the one thing that I feel that they didn't capitalize with. Um, you know, with Brody was that part itself you know i i felt he he could have handled his own um already had a presence i mean the guy changed his, his wife beater he went from that dirty white to a black tee so you already know yeah, and, and to speak of it chris because you said you've been a fan like you've seen all his in like prior work before wwe yeah i admittedly because nxt that was like around the time when it was like what um what did NXT used to like air on before the network? Um, it was honestly like I didn't really start. They used to show it like on these like random shows on like on USA, or you had to really go online yeah, to find it. Was, it. Like, like an I didn't really like type. Yes, so like I didn't really start getting into like NXT till I want to say the beginning of like 2014. Mm-hmm. I think, and it was just about the time that they launched on the network, which was like, like and that was like already of like when the Wyatt family like moved up because they were like one of the last call ups of yeah. the FCW era. Same thing with uh with Boogie's. Um, Rollins was already you know they came up with uh you know with the rest of the trio, so that was kind of like that last class before. You know, things started really mm-hmm. blowing off for them. But they used to have these random, like, NXT stuff, like, just um, really before the shows, you know, like, Royal Smackdown. You know, before they went back into, like, main event and, like, those superstar uh, type of events that you want to see yeah. on the network. Not because... I mean, I've seen, I've seen <laughs> some terrible matches Not because I was saying... So, since I was blind eye. Didn't know a Brody Lee from the Indies. Didn't know Luke Harper from like that FCW NXT run. Literally, when he came, they came up on the main roster. He caught my eye out of the Wyatt family. Yeah. So that 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 like speaks to like his star potential and like how. Yeah, he's had a like presence about like, it. Literally, when the Wyatt family debuted, of course Bray Wyatt got all the shine. But literally, Luke Harper was like the second most intriguing person behind Bray right off the bat. No, it's 
it's just gonna be uh it's gonna be interesting. It was definitely um some interesting times so. though. Cause um and now with his death too, cause um because I think they were they were trending towards this already before this um the passing of Brody. But AEW is gonna have to turn Dark Order like super face now. Like that they don't even have to turn them, but Dark Order is like probably the biggest face group they have right now. I mean who knows? I mean we, we don't we, we don't know what's gonna be the fate of the Dark Order. You know, um they could have, you know, they could have easily, you know, used Eric Rowan as like, okay, you know, I, I'm glad they did, did the run in with him. He's still not signed with them. You know, he was also one of the guys that got involved in the, you know, the earlier spring cleaning budgets that, um, you know, WWE normally does uh, throughout the entire year. Um, so like, you know, they could have, they, they could have done a, a, a spot where it's like, this is, you know, this is an, another elder that we have that you know from the Dark Order type of thing. And I wonder if um if, if he wasn't um, plans to like come in with Rowan maybe in twenty twenty one. No one, honestly, no, no one, no one really knows. It's all about how, like, what can you do now? You know, I, they can still kind of go back on like the recruiting. You know, if you guys still been following, you know, BTE. You know, they you always have these guys are always trying to recruit, you know, someone for the dark order. You know, uh so no one knows. We 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 don't know what's gonna happen. We can kind of just still sit here and say, Oh, they could do mm-hmm. this and could do that. Um Not but who knows? For me personally, if if um Tony Khan is listening or if this is the laid out plan, I especially now with the passing and they're looking for like somebody. Cause like I said, they was already doing this before, but if the Dark Order really teams up with Hangman to have him, um, them together to like best Omega down the line, I think that probably is like the perfect storybook ending for both Hangman and Dark Order in a sense. Because mm-hmm. right now, Kenny is being built up as the ultimate heel, so you have the white hot Hangman, and you do have now like the the face. Dark Order. I mean, it's just one. Of, it, it would just have to be maybe one of those things that they probably teased before. Of, you know, even before Brody came in, you know, they were they were always just drop, you know, dropping hints. Mm-hmm. You know, like it would it would just have to be. You know, I guess it would just have to be someone big, someone that was just like, "Wow, we didn't see this coming." And- or they can just somehow, you know, reform it and reshape it with maybe one of them, you know, within takes the reins, you know, and that can kind of just be a really good stepping stone for someone to really just kind of step into those silver, shoes. Honestly, and he's, you know, like he's he's definitely been, you know, low key. He's been stepping up a lot, you know, with the in ring ability. He's and even. When they've been doing a lot of those dark order um, segments on BTE, you know he's kind of been that, uh, you know, one of the guys that's kind of just been uh, a bright spot in that group. Not, not totally. So who knows? We- I-, I was thinking when I was watching, um, 
um, the tribute. And then even before, I was like, John Silver, and this is like the difference between the two companies. Because I'm pretty, pretty sure when AEW laid out their 2020 plans, John Silver getting over was not in it. No, naturally it actually happened. happened. And they seen it happening, and they're also trying to capitalize on it. Like, like if John Silver was was getting over in WWE against their wishes, he would he would get punished or probably made look to look like a fool. But AEW was like, all right, we have Omega, we have the Bucks. You guys like Silver? Fuck it, we'll give you Silver. Mm-hmm. Because I was just thinking, because I was like John Silver, I was like that. I was like he was he literally is like the his his, his like hot momentum right now is literally like what you can't do in WWE unless they deem you to get over. Yeah. Which is like throwing money away. And that's one thing I never got about WWE. I understand you want to push certain people, but fans are telling you what they want and they are willing to pay you. Like, you're, you're throwing money out the window just to, like, say I told you so. Or prove a point, which doesn't... Absolutely. I'm glad you get it. But yeah, um, we're definitely going to miss Brody. Um, Send condolences. And also, we also got to give shout out because uh, the wrestling world, um, in light of the news, they definitely seem like they want to be there for his family. I know AEW has handed out contracts to the kids. Punk and Foley saying that's mm-hmm. all merch. I think for January is going to the family. Um, they released a new shirt, AEW. I think I might get that. That shirt is pretty tough. Yeah, it was so actually I, pretty I cool. I might do that um, as well too. So it's like with with this tragedy, wrestling has really banded together. And I, one thing, because now I didn't really know too much backstage about him, but now knowing that he's a family man, it's great to know like his family is going to be taken care of. Um. Going forward, you know, they even within four hours they broke the record for most uh, shirts sold within twenty four hours. You know, at pro wrestling team, so that was actually that was something. No, the shirt is not bad. No, it's actually a pretty dope shirt. You know, and all pro, and it's great because like all the proceeds, you know, are going to his uh, his family. Uh, Mick Foley has jumped in and said he's, you know, he's going to be donating um, to the cause as well. CM Punk was is another one. Um, he's going to be pretty much donating all his sales from his tees uh, this month, coming up to you know to the you know the Hoover family. Uh, def- definitely. Um, and and one one thing I got um before, before we jump into like WWE, um Tony Khan. Um, literally, AEW was has been put through the ringer. Um, yep. like honestly, uh, as an upstart wrestling company, they have had one tumultuous first year of operation. Like starting off good, really getting traction, losing fans, and then losing one of your one of your pillars. Like prematurely, like who can yeah. ever like really? But to see them rebound off of that, and a lot of people are calling like their tribute like one of the classic 
Some people have said it's probably one of the best tribute wrestling shows of all time. It was good. It it definitely was. Um, you know, it it was heartfelt. Like there's not one. There's not a moment you cannot look at it and just be like, wow, like that hit. <laughs> you know, um, but we don't know. We don't know what what the the state could be. Um, you know, of even the dark order. Who knows? Who knows if maybe we'll have some hot, some type of a crossover, and who's to say? Who, who just random thought? Who's to say maybe somehow Matt Hardy couldn't be, you know, the person for the job? We're taking over Dark Order. Who knows? I'm just spitballing. There's, there's a lot of ways they can like um, maneuver this um, faction going forward. You know, um, it, it you know it can it can be serious. It can kind of turn it into a little bit of you know comedy, but still kept serious. You know, if if you were to really bring Matt over and into that role, go back to like that mm-hmm. broken genius, but just fix it up a little bit and just kind of really. Make it like you know, it's just something a little bit more serious and For more me, concrete. Yeah, no. you know, he hasn't really, he hasn't really done as much since he arrived on the scene, and I think it sucked because there was no pop. You know, when he did show up during you yeah, know the whole he, he, he time, got, it would have been much, um, it would have been much a smoother transition and beginning if fans were around for um, Matt Hardy. Because especially people have been clamoring yeah. for Matt Hardy to like retake his broken stuff and do it his way. So yeah, getting that chance to him be Matt Hardy again with like almost creative freedom in front of fans probably would have went much better. But like I said, we can't change yeah. it. The pandemic happened. And even for Brody, he, he missed yeah. out on his hometown pop. And I remember that I remember that story exactly. like um that story where um Tony was like um they won't be fans but like do you still want to make your debut he's like yeah we could push it back and then he was like no fuck it he was like I I was scheduled to show up today I I'll, I'll do it yeah um but who, and, and I think at the end of the day it just goes down to how is it going to be perceived to the fans, to the audience? Like, are they going to be open to, you know, whatever changes that can happen? I think that's what's ultimately going to be a factor when it comes down to getting everything laid out. You know, so I think that's what we're, um, we're going to, ha- they're, they're going to have to like really think, you know, make it very yeah, they can't well rush thought it. out. They, they, gotta, they, they, like you said, they have to like make sure what they plan is, Calculated, and and not in the mm-hmm. the prison of the moment. That has to make sense. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all gonna come down to uh, to the booking. Because, like I said, my piggyback, I would like, I would, I would have them like ride with Hangman for a while, just for like stability, and then probably after he win his championship, he'd be like, "Look, you guys." You don't really, because you know it's always like a cowboy movie. How like the town rallies around the cowboy, 
And then when the cowboy wins, he's like, mm-hmm. well, you guys can do it all along. I got to go my own way, but you guys got it. Yeah, you got, yeah so you got, I'm you thinking got, if they were to do something like that, like if they were ride with Hangman for a bit till he wins his championship, and then he was like, look, you guys don't need me. You guys are good. I would love to see like Silver and Rowan kind of like, I would like to see Silver be the boss and have yeah. Rowan be the next in line. Just because like the size difference will like play into, yeah, like, like how the, muscle. the brain is the small one, and then the, the one right under him is this big dude yes. that can like probably rip him in half, but he takes orders from Silver. Yeah. But, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, we got a whole year. Um, so, we'll, again, you know, we'll we'll see how, how it all gets yeah, played definitely out. Definitely rest in peace, Brody. Um, that's definitely going to be missed. Uh, and then even like when he passed, like I just felt I was like, damn, I'm like because him like seeing his charisma, because yeah. I don't know how much was touched on like in indie, and I don't really watch too much of their stuff when they like backstage, but just to see like the natural charisma that he had playing this wink wink parody of Vince McMahon, I was like, this was in that tank top this whole time. It was, it was hilarious. It was it was always like that. I thought the whole shit was fucking hilarious because if. His whole character was based off Vince, almost Vince like McMahon. You know, like, oh, that's some good <laughs> shit. And even, even from, you know, there was, I remember there was a, a, a segment that they did where Vince Mc, if you're out to dinner, you guys are doing whatever, Vince is the first one to eat. You don't eat until Vince eats. Like, so even if they get their plate first, yeah. nobody touches nothing until Vince. No. Yeah, and it was a lot of those like jabs that it was just hilarious, and even a lot of the people from you know just from the uh, the WWE side found it hilarious. A lot of the guys on the roster was like, "If you know Vince, they you know <laughs> he, he he got it on he, they hit it on the nail on this one." And you even give him credit because it was nothing like malicious. It was just him no playing a very souped up Vince McMahon isms like on the nose like if you know you know but not outwardly attacking him or saying yeah. McMahon you bastard or some shit like that um, it wasn't anything like that but the jabs were it was just hilarious and I and I knew some of the things just from hearing um, guys talk about like hey have you ever gotten into a meeting with Vince and you've been around him you you know these are some of the things that he did and just kind of seeing that on camera was hilarious. And they kind of just, they, they wanted more. And I started discovering a little bit more stuff that he used to do. And you see it out and, you know, out on, on the screen like that. You just, this is like, this is, this is amazing. This is genius. I was genius. It's sad that we're probably not going to, um, that, that we can't, we can't see the evolution of like where it's going to go. But I'm glad that he, he has he has given us everything he has already. Yeah, absolutely. And then Miss for sure. But um, since we're talking about Vince McMahon, because Brody Lee kind of like washed away what was like a big problem in wrestling right now, and it's like the the worst kept secret is that WWE has lost a huge amount of viewers. Mm. And I, not 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 that they lost some viewers. There's a certain flagship 
that has been taking hits, and one brand has mm-hmm. been reigning supremacy. Where the ratings have the ratings have been going up. And let's talk about the, the blue Asia. brand. Okay. okay. Let's talk about the blue brand. It's been the A show. And anyone who knows me know that I've always been a SmackDown guy. What a what a turnaround. And I'm I'm glad this is happening. It's a That's turnaround. True. It's a year to be alive. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> 2020 has proven honestly to be that SmackDown like, has been the better show. The draft and since Roman came back on SmackDown. Oh no, but 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 you know, oh, it kind of fits that because it, since it is now the main show that it gets the the prior Raw treatment, like all all the work is going into SmackDown. Yeah, because I would say though, before prior to the draft and Roman's return, the tension. Tension wise was more towards Raw than SmackDown. SmackDown was like they out there, they they working out, they getting the limbs loose. It was it was the extra show going on most of the pandemic before the the um they got the thunder going. Cause the mm-hmm. main event there was mm-hmm. Braun and the Fiend. Let's be honest, people wasn't really checking for that. Mm-hmm. While you had on Raw, yeah. you had Randy, you had Seth Rollins, Drew, you had a Rey Mysterio. And, you know, since the draft, you know, it's been a different story, as we could see in the ratings. So, yeah, yeah a like lot Ro- of shit. Rose going through a tough time right now. They're going through the uh, batter, the battered women's nah, syndrome. They, they're, right going, now. they're going on the old SmackDown syndrome. Yeah. Where is this? Is just honestly just now it's three hours. It's basically just three hours of of why. Like, where's what's the what's the reason? What's the what's the payoff? What are we building here? And it's like nothing. Well, hold on, that, but it is something. It's funny because no. for the first time in a long time, the the main event picture there is a bit more wider. You got a couple of guys for Drew. You got they got the Miz in the cut doing a little thing there. Then they had the whole thing with AJ Styles. And then you got, then you got the hurt business. No, it it does, but does does it honestly feel important? I mean, the, it depends on it's nitpicking the rule. It depends on the angle and which what's going on. The hurt business, no, feels it, important. No, because Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns right now on SmackDown feels yeah. important. So so you so it's like so we can't say like WWE doesn't know how to make something important on their television right now. Like Roman Reigns feels important, SmackDown feels important. Raw just is like what? What is Raw? And I'm I'm thinking too, like, and I don't know why they got rid of Heyman if this was the if this was the case. But if SmackDown is going to be like your clean cut national TV um show, then Raw needs to be go back to the originated um original essence of its name. And kind of make it like a little more murkier, like give it like a little edge or something. There hasn't, like, even with uh, certain people of the network, they've been very disappointed at the types of numbers that they've been putting up. They they want raw to get a little bit raw, more raw. Actually, they want they want a more dark, edgier adult content. 
Um, I think it was. I think they've been. I think they've been showing that um, a little bit more. But this is what. Yeah, but this is where my problem is. I think they've they've tried doing that, and I think they one they haven't been able to really find that identity of how how can we make this raw and keep it raw and keep it raw. I was. I was intrigued with the uh, Raw Underground. I was about to say, they tried with Raw Underground, and that went away as quick as it came. And, and I was a little just, I, I, and I said this from the beginning, like, I don't know what direction this has. Was, what was they, they, they had no purpose. It was, it was one of those things that they kind of wanted to do a fight club, grungy, you know, scene, but it was like, there, there was no payoff to this. A lot of the guys that were part of it really haven't really gotten the the shine as they should have um other than the guy who was pretty much the bouncer at the door and is now you know aj's personal you know bodyguard Mm -hmm. but there there really there really hasn't been anything and the one thing that i am honestly truly worried about is you have we live in this uh this pc era that you have a lot of fucking people who, quite frankly, you already know what the business is. They're, they're going to bitch about it. Oh, this is too much. Are you guys being too serious? It's like, what do you want? Oh, yeah, even you on the first night con- underground, because they were complaining about the um, the dances. Yeah, yeah, I felt that the the dancing was a lit was a little hokey for me. Like they try to go on some nitro girls type shit. I liked it. I, I liked it for underground. I see it. I don't know. It, it reminded me of Triple X for some reason. And I guess that that's why, it was like, like you said, because it was hokey, but like they already given us some some Fight Club on a wrestling promotion, yes. so it, it like already like fit. It was into perfect it. for the ten o'clock slot. Yeah, and I like how it ran throughout the entire day. Um, it had. Again, and I, I've, you guys knew how I already felt about this. I was like, I was in, I was curious as to where this might lead to, but at the same time, I was not be surprised if this was to become a dud, because at this moment, it was like there was just nothing going on. Like there was like, where's where's this leading to? What's what's the end game? What do you want to achieve by doing this this underground thing? You know, why couldn't they just? Why was something not set up where you could have involved it in a true main event spot that led up to everything that was kind of going up within all these fights on Raw? You could add a, or, um, even a pay, or even a pay on top of that. Like I was gonna say, you could add um, you could add Alice to Black um, take the twenty four seven title and defend it at Underground. Yeah, like that's something that honestly, something like that would have been. It would have been great if it's like, okay, this is where we can make the 24-7 title a little bit, you know, more prestigious. It's like you can defend it at any time, and it would just be more of an open challenge. Instead of, okay, you know, like, it was cool for for, for his moment on how people would win the 24-7 title, but if you were to to put it in the hands of someone where, like, this is a legit contender. 
Kind of like that you, Kevin Owens too. Yeah, like if you really want this, this is an open title. This is an open challenge. This is where the 24-7 title really is going to mean something. And if once in a while, if you want to take it out of, you know, out of its element of the Raw Underground, then, you know, you just have to be a little bit more careful. Like, you knew some, you know, like the, the title itself is just kind of, it was it was a comic title because when you had opportunities where like Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns could have easy just, just like tossed it to the side. Yeah, like they want shit. Like I feel like if they <laughs> if one of them if one of them like legitimately held that title, you know, maybe you could have done something. Even when, when Mojo had it for for a moment, like, okay, he's trying to make this a uh, little bit more serious, you know, with this, despite the terrible gimmick that he had. But it was it was an edge or mojo. Like that's something that they could have translated easy into there. It was like if you want this title, this is where you're gonna have to come and fight me for it. Yeah, come meet me at the underground. Come meet me at the underground open challenge. You know, and even to a point where it's like you could have easy had a little bit of a tournament going on. A little shoe tournament, and it's just like whoever wins gets a shot at the champ. You know, it's like the, you know, yeah, a little kumite, the 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 throwdown. (laughs) And it seemed like it was going towards that for a little bit there, but then you know, it all just came falling apart. Yeah, the PC guys there, another outbreak. They were like, Shane, we shut your shit down. We're shutting the studio down. Yeah, we're, shutting the, we're shutting the fight club down. <laughs> and we're giving the bodyguard to AJ. But that's the whole point. Yeah. That legitimately could have been the whole point of it. This is, uh, you know, you need to sign a, a, a non-waiver, a waiver, pretty mm-hmm. much. What happens in the underground stays in the underground. Stays in the underground. <laughs> You're on here on your own accord. We're not responsible what may or may not happen to you. Nah, very true. Because um, I was going to bring up a point. I know um, there was a tweet. Um, we all know that infamous promo with, like, um, Triple H, where he was, like, I think it was, like, the beginning of reality era, where he was, like, me and my friend Mark are going to, like, stop watching. Yeah. And it shows, like, literally since that episode, there's been, like, a drastic drop in viewership since and, and, and it's a lot of reasons but mostly it, it all boils down to WWE not creating talent and not creating stars for the long haul and then constantly like treating people who want to give you their money and, and say we want to love you and just treating them like shit but that's also a double sword because last year all the fans wanted what they wanted for Wrestlemania and they got it and then shitted on it but no, no, no. It it, it goes it goes before that. Like uh, it's like literally for so long, people have wanted somebody to like break through and just like give just please. Like we don't even have to make him a fifteen dollar champion. Just do something with him, like a Zack Ryder, a Rusev, just so many. Uh, Brody Lee, Luke Harper during that, like so many like names down the list that have like caught. Yeah, momentum. but then we go to see when when people not in WWE oh, they get too hot. They get shitted on after people like what what Daniel Bryan said last year. They so fickle. 
that even when people do get to that position to do something, like look what they did to Kofi last year. He got the belt, and it was a storybook moment. And a month later, it was like, we hope he dropped the belt at Backlash. A lot of people, he caught wild heat online. Yeah. Really? Even Becky caught after the Mania. Like, they shitted on her after she got the belt from um, Ronda. But you know, that also goes into the way WWE tells stories. Like, WWE has not, as aside, they kind of broken the mold with Drew McIntyre this year. Yes. But it, they kind of showed, like, once you reach the title, like, your story, like, stales up. Because then you start dropping, like, crazy matches. Like, you, they make, they treat you like a buffoon if you're a face. Like, you lose so stupidly. So it's like, literally, when you win the title, People expect the drop off because of the way they book the stories. It's it's almost like they can they can build you up, but it's almost like once you get built up and you they reach that um the goal. After that, it's almost like okay, how how can we make you relevant after you already had the title because we we, we build you up and you know for as a storyteller. That's that's your whole point. You want to be able to get that um, that underdog to reach that you know that final payoff. You want to get that mm-hmm. payoff, but once it happens, what's next? What is next? Um, and I and you were correct when you said that they really did break the mold with Drew McIntyre. It's like it was a it was a great build off, um, a build up. Sorry, you know you get him to a point where he had the moan with Brock Lesnar. Um, they had that plan up for pretty much almost a year when they brought him up with, with Ziggler. He was able to be that standalone guy. He wasn't your, your three and B guy. He was more serious. He was more hardcore building him up to the rumble. He, he already had a, a, a that termination that he wanted to be the person to, to really win. He got a moment with Brock they teased it. Mania comes around, and it was a very good, strong match. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, for someone who who was still able to carry himself, his character, still make it evolve. Um, with no the, fans. With no fans. Like, that for me is huge. Yeah. The... That was huge. And then you get him Granted, he loses he loses the title, but they never really lost that momentum. They still kept him strong. Under the ring. He was able to Yeah, like he was able to kind of regain it back and it's still his worth and his value has has gone nothing but up even when he did lose it. So I think they legitimately have someone who can be, you know, a face of uh, you know, one of the faces of the company now. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about creating a new star now, someone that now has finally reached its potential from what they originally saw him with. And it's a great story. Um, but it, it, it all comes down to like, what else do they have? And I, and my biggest problem with the WWE is the tag team division. Oh yeah. And that, that's also another thing too. Like, the like, and it's not. I think not even like just the booking of the stars. It's just the way WWE is like booked their entire product. That's like, all it is. It is. Everyone always wants to talk about how 
oh, but there's no stars. You know, the, 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 we need to shift things around in terms of the tag team division. It's like you don't really need to do that. You know, this is the same reason why you had, you know, the revival wanting to leave. And it wasn't for them. It wasn't even so much about the title. It wasn't so much about that. It was more like you guys do nothing with this with with the tag team division. It's, it's the what what is the direction? What is the direction? What is is the direction? direction? There is nothing. It's it's just it's just up in the air. I remember like tag team, you know, during the the attitude era, and even you know to a certain point in the early two thousand, there was a point where the tag team division was the it division. Like you, they were able to main event you know, an actual pay-per-view. Like, even if it was a, a Monday Night Raw, like, we had the titles on the line. Like, these were huge moments. You have the Viking Raiders. Like, you you have established tag teams. And good tag teams. I don't want to hear that, oh, we, we don't have anyone. It's just like, you're full of shit. <laughs> you, we, we don't have anyone. We don't have anybody. It's just like, you. this is why you, there's, there's no build up to this. It's just, it's just, it's just clustering bullshit that it just gets, it, it gets and washed under the rug. Down to the tag, the women's tag team division. Yeah. No, but honestly, Chris is right. Literally, and we said this last episode with the NXT call ups. Triple H, to his credit, has given the main roster a lot of great tag teams yes but beside the ascension because they 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 they, they squeaked at the right time because there wasn't really no competition and they were the best of what they had at the time but they granted. buried them yeah because they they really weren't that good but everybody else outside of the ascension that nxt has called up are great tag teams and literally most of them got put on the back burner. Most of them got made to look like fools. Oh, we got broken sanity. up. Yes, yeah, sanity. Oh, got rest in destroyed. peace. Rest. That, that was um. It, for me, sanity was already a disaster to begin with. When once they got put up on the main roster, I think they probably the the first day. The I wasn't that impressed when they first debuted. Because like, oh, sanity, you know, coming up next is just like, why are you doing this? And that was for me, that was the biggest pet peeve that I had is that they would announce all this person or these, you know, these people are coming up. It's like, why are you doing this? And, And I know I understand the side of it is just like maybe if we tell people they would want to be able to tune in. They look at it as the uh, the mind, the Monday Night War effect when. You had guys on Nitro. I think it was Tony Schiavone was just like, "Oh, if you guys want to tune over to Monday Night Raw, Mick Foley's going to win their, t- you know, their championship," and people tuned over. So they might think that that might be the effect. But it, it beforehand. yeah, like it just it doesn't work that way, and that's for me one of the the biggest problems that I've also had because this is the era that we live in is. There's there's no genuine pop anymore. Like we don't have that, and even when you know we do, it's like it has to be kept so hush. You know, I don't want to. I don't want. Sometimes I, you know, we we're 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 all guilty of looking at the dirt sheets. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But there's just certain things that I'd rather not know. 
No, I was going to say, last time they had a genuine pop is when um Roman's, the, I forgot their names, the the older guys in his family came up before his match. Yeah, when you had the Wild Samoans, you know, yeah. that, was, that was a really, honestly, uh, that was a great moment. You know, and, and it was just, it was so symbolic, and it was something that was just so, like, genuine and legit. Not necessarily, in your words, a genuine pop. It was a genuine pop, like, wow, this is... That's great. Like, I would never even, I, I never would have thought of that. You know, so kudos to who, you know, whoever brought that idea is like, why don't we bring the, like, these were the original. These are like the head of legit, legitimately the head of the table, the head of the family. Like, let's bring them in and actually welcome. And I was like, this is, this is actually pretty fucking great. I thought that was for me. And, and I've said it right after that match. Like, that, that yeah, I was off the couch. That was I was off the couch. I was like, this, this, <laughs> this was the cherry on, on him. Like that really solidified Roman Reigns in 2020. You know, but, um, but they they need to do something with the tag team division. It's not just I know I know um the tag team for me that I knew. Oh, okay, there's two tag teams where I knew like it, things were never going to change. Mm-hmm. One of them was um, Enzo and Cass. Ugh. I don't know how they didn't get a tag team title run. No. Those two were like literally the hottest people in the company, right? And that's the thing, too, that we try to talk about. Okay, you have plans. Sometimes there's going to be something in wrestling, especially with a, 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 a business that is based off fan reaction and quote-unquote getting over. Mm-hmm. Sometimes shit happens naturally, and if shit happens, you have to call it audible. Just because you have a certain tag team slated for a certain run, if they are people are telling you we like these guys, we will want to spend money, we will follow these guys, we will cheer for them. You have to make the correct call and say, you know what? All right, this is the hot team. We have to go with them because then you get, you build up goodwill with the fans rather than just like treating them and the people that they like like chumps. Yeah. So they didn't get a run, and I thought that was a gross understatement because I don't know what year it was, but I went to the AJ style Cena SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. That thing that was, well, made, that, that thing was 2016, yeah. Literally, because they opened the show with Kevin Owens. They had a crazy-ass pop. Yeah. So I don't know how you can't hear that and not say, all right, let's... How about we throw the tag team titles on these two? Not only that, so, but like the merch also sp- spoke for itself. Mm-hmm. The fact that they had amongst the top three, you know, selling merch, it was Enzo and Cass. You had AJ Styles, and then you still had John Cena, who were like were one, two, and three in merch for a very long time. Um, and then I thought I thought they also got fucked because Carmelo didn't make the jump with them, and, and she was like part of what they. Yes, that's something that I, to this day I don't I don't really understand. Um, I know they had plans for Carmella and making her out into be her own, and I, it's just again they 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 wanted to break off what they had in NXT going away up to the main roster. I had a, I, I still couldn't even fathom when I you know when they showed up in Dallas, 
the the night after um you know mania 32 and i was like mm-hmm. oh you know it sucked i would have loved to you know have seen them. same thing with sanity they didn't have nikki cross and and i think um carmella if she would have joined enzo and Cass on the main roster that would have made it bigger because now there's a female in that in that grouping yeah. Where maybe a female who doesn't like Enzo and Cash, she could be like, "All right, I like Carmella," and so now you have more fans attached to this trio, yes, rather than a sausage party duo. And I don't know if maybe they, I again, this is kind of going. They wanted to give Carmella um, her own identity. Could have just honestly been that they didn't want to team her up with them and still kind of make her like a manager. They wanted mm-hmm. to kind of solidify her as her own star which i which i totally get you know cliche and as it is you know pun intended carmella is money (laughs) you know she's money she's she's money but i would have loved to have just like bring that element up together i hate the their wb has their whole thing that they love to break up tag teams you know, and I, I really genuinely fucking hated that the whole situation. Um, in a weird way, I was okay with with how they they broke Enzo and and Cass up in some ways. Enzo, yeah, it was a storyline. It, it was, was a storyline. It was a great storyline. Um, Enzo, honestly, like he he also put that 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 feud over. I mean, I still remember when he said his whole speech. And you see the tears coming down those baby blue eyes, like yo, man, like almost like you really you broke my heart type of thing. Like you broke my heart, Fredo. You broke my heart. <laughs> yeah. And it 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 broke them off. Enzo had a a really great, more than great. I think he had a, a phenomenal run as being a cruiserweight champ. As much people wanted to shit on him, that division itself from coming up from what you know. They did the the cruiserweight classic, and then really trying to make this two hundred five live an actual thing. He made that division towards the back end. Yeah, like, they, they, they had a main event spot. He had a main event spot multiple times on Raw, um, and I do feel bad even throughout that whole time when you had Neville and you know Double A kind of like really also get shitted on having just a pre show match. Um, at Mania, which that was a great match, Austin Aries and Neville. You know, Neville really turning heel, and I think that also kind of what forced him to to kind of wanting to leave. Same thing with Double A is, is like we're not even getting anything from the pay per view buys, and then we're part of this pre show. Yeah, and a lot of these cruiserweight matches were they were fucking great, even if watered down. Even if it was awarded down, like they were some matches that was just nonstop. It was just amazing, great action, but nobody wanted to really go ahead and follow it, you know. And just kind of even going back, you know, with the you know with Enzo, like he he did a great job with it. Um, they saw potential in Cass, and I think the the injury for him, um. In a, for me, in a weird way, was a bit of a blessing in disguise for him because I think once he came back and he came back as, like, money cast where he came in with a, a nice tailored suit and you can tell his <laughs> pros were a little bit better and his rivalry with Daniel Bryan was – it was good. Like, it was, a, it was, it was fresh. 
And I think that time off, that injury, it did set him back for, you know, seven to eight months when he had that match with uh, with Enzo. But I think in his career, I think he needed that time to kind of revamp his character, like his whole his whole agenda. Um, but it, it just it sucked. There was no bigger payoff after that. The companies decided to part ways with both of them, all because you know personal issues. The whole, you know, the whole thing, even with Enzo, of him potentially, you know, allegedly raping someone, which ended up having to be false, and they released them. That's during this whole Me Too movement. <laughs> you know, it sucked. I, it honestly, generally sucked. You fired the guy, right? You know, what was it? The day of the uh, Raw One Thousand. Yeah. I, th- I think that's also because un- you know, we, we talked about it before. He was already on thin ice. Yeah. But to have that break two like it was like two or three hours before like uh granted a big mainstream show because a thousand they had like two two venues. So a lot of eyes was on WWE at the at, at that very night. So they couldn't just say we have a sexual abuser on our roster. They didn't want to catch yeah. that heat. You know, and it, it's it's it really sucked. Um, but again, it was one of those things. People just jumping into conclusion. They don't want the the bad press, uh, which I understand in a in a business uh, standpoint. How everything was kind of developing around that time, you kind of wanted to stay far away right. from that as as much as possible. And then with when you have in, your investors, is what you also have to protect and your sponsors. You're like. If this is the case, nobody's gonna want to fuck with us, or you're gonna get your hands, you know, forced. And it's like, hey, will you you need to take care of this one way, one way, shape, or form. We don't want our money, we don't want our name being associated with your company. Yeah, you know. So it's a, it's I I understand that from the business, yeah, especially was wasn't the girl um who made the claim at the time that was like she was underage or something like that? No, she wasn't underage, but she was full of shit because she's done it before. It's not her first time where she's accused someone, and obviously, those accusations happen to be false. But she's used it to extort people, and one of her closest friends was like, "I, I can't see this happening anymore," um, and actually, you know, stepped up, shared those text messages and those conversations. Like, I was there when this happened. All this stuff is completely false. None of this happened. Yeah, that's but it, it became her word versus his. We're you know it's we're gonna, we're gonna go over the female over than than the male itself. You know, and and it 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 genuinely sucked. No, I did. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I will also say when American Alpha got shafted too, that that was like <sighs> another team that I felt like there was so much potential. Yeah, it just went out the window for, out of 40 for Jason Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand now, yeah, neck injury, yeah, even before the neck injury, they like, they got to the main roster. Yeah. Oh, okay. they got split. No, I was just saying when they got to the main roster, it was like literally they called them up and they had them wallow around. They had yeah. Gable lose the fucking towel, which is part of their thing. Because I, I think if I remember called correctly, somebody backstage was like how it, it um it resembles Cena's little towel thing at the time. 
Like, God forbid, God forbid if on a wrestling show there's two people walking out with a fucking towel. I don't... That's when they put a fucking cease and desist on... Oh, why am I... Why am I... Um... Wow, um, completely went blank on this. Uh, Marty Skrull, like they literally put a, a, a cease and desist on on him for using the umbrella because this guy was fucking using it. Who 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 is using who's his umbrella? Um, uh, Mister Stash, talking about, um, English guy. Man, why 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 am I blanking? Oh oh, oh. nah, he's talking no. about um Gallagher. Gallagher. Yes. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> you know a little old. Like, he literally put a cease and desist on Marty Squirrel, um, from what I heard of, because of that whole thing, because they felt that he was infringing on Gallagher's gimmick when Marty Squirrel's been using the umbrella for God knows how long. A yeah. fucking umbrella as a as a gag. And I'm yeah, like, seriously. I thought they were going to 10 time tag champs. I thought they was. I thought they was next up at the New Day Uso. Now, did you? you know, and, I, and I remember they got called up right around the same time as like Kurt Angle was was like beginning his WWE yeah. rerun. Yeah, and, and it it, it fell. The 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 story the story yeah. told itself. Align these two with Kurt Angle. Like it, it's not that hard. You know, um, and I did like how Jason Jordan was was getting his uh his run. Um, did like how he was, you know, Kurt Angle's, <laughs> you know, his 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 black son. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a, it was a, it was a great gimmick. Um, but Chad Gable, they they shitted on him. And the kid, that guy has so much. He still has so much fucking talent, and. I think that match that he even had, I think it was his first singles match um, on SmackDown with yeah, AJ Styles already uh, proved that. Doing the, like, like Gable's an animal. He was having a little go there. And then yeah. They, like, he had a great, great run. Which, like, what the fuck was it? And I'm glad they, they got rid of that. But that's that's also another thing. It's like, why? And it's like, stuff like that and that's what I'm saying. That's why people are tuning out because why are you doing this? Like, why are you these, like, if we're looking at your wrestlers, these are the people you invest in to make you money. Why are you treating your investment so bad? Like, literally almost anybody in this, on your roster could be making you so much money by gathering, by gathering a fan base, by getting over. Why wouldn't you want these people that represent your company to get over, and I get it because you don't want them to start leaving, but nobody's checking for nobody anymore. Nobody feels special besides at this moment, Drew and Roman. Even with Otis, like that guy got fucking over. But but he also got he got he got handicapped by the no fans right at his overness. Cause I think the kiss yeah. the kiss would have blew the roof off at Mania. Yeah. Like that was that was another thing. I him winning the uh, the money in the bank, like he he was at that at that that peak where I was like, wow, like this is something that I obviously no one predicted would happen. But if you knew, you know, if you've been watching Otis for a long time, like his his how he is as 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 a person, like 
you can't help but to be a little con- like connect to it. No, when I first saw Heavy Machinery in NXT, I knew. I think at the second promo, I was like, if this guy goes on the main roster, he, he's he's going to he's he's going to get over. Yeah. And Instantly. Vince was Vince was a huge fan of Otis, and I think when he won the the, the Money in the Bank, I was. I was more than than surprised. This was a, I think this was like kind of like a gift for the fans. Like, okay, you guys have some people still bitched about it. My question afterwards, once he won, is like, now I'm very curious to see what they're gonna do with this now. Like, I'm very intrigued. This is something fresh. But again, this kind of just goes back to the thing where you, if you give the fans what they want, they still shit on and bitch about it. True. Oh, he doesn't deserve it. This person should have won it. I'm like, yeah, shut the fuck up. Like, we're all going to have our opinions, but sometimes you just have to just, you know, just shut the fuck up, have a Coke and a smile, and just, just enjoy what happened. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, like, that, that was, that's the shit that kind of just irks me sometimes. But, you know, and then Otis kind of ends up fading away a little bit. Um, even when he had the money in the bank, I forgot when was it that I was like, I I totally forgot that he still even had the briefcase until like they had, um, you know, like a little bit of a feud with uh with the Miz on how he didn't deserve it. No, nah, it's just um, we we'll, we'll, we just gotta see what the what the trend is in twenty twenty one. Like if, but I, I think what we said basically the product. Needs it needs it needs something new. It needs it needs to be freshened up. Because I think for like right now, if you like for the past ten years, WWE has had like a distinct style, and like yeah. growing up, like because like you um like you always said, like growing up, you always can tell like who on the roster is being groomed for that as yeah. the next star. Like you had Bret Hart. Rise like you can always tell like who is rising up the car. For me, it was Cena. Like I saw the rise, and you can yeah. tell he was rising. Absolutely. Who on the roster can you legit say they are doing X, Y, and Z to elevate them to a higher status to keep you watching to watch them hit that that peak? Exactly. And right now it's nobody. No. And then we have Keith Lee, but even last episode, which is probably the soundbite of the year, like. What do you mean, Keith well, Lee is polishing? No, but- I, that's, I agree with Malcolm. I thought it was completely overblown. Tremendously. But that goes to, like I was saying, there's no goodwill between the fans and WWE right now. Yeah. Like, even something for his betterment, and people seeing is like they're trying to punish him and, like, why? There because, was- like you said, like, if. Because Keith Lee is money. Yeah. And if WWE, nothing is being written in stone. If he turns out to be another flash in the pan, we couldn't do anything of it, people lost interest, and then we just had to release him a few years down the road without anything significant, then that's really sad. Yeah, I agree. I uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, I personally think... 2021 is going to be a good year for Keith Lee. Um, I didn't, you know, like people would have thought of like, oh, well, we, we want you to get a little bit more polished. Um, we want you where you're still going to be involved here in a little bit in TV time, but we want you to come back 
and work on some, you know, just want, we want you to kind of, we want to polish you up. And I think it does get taken, you know, as a disrespect. It's like, what do you mean Keith Dean needs polishing? I was like, <laughs> if the company is literally like, they, it's almost like I want you to be better than what you are now. And I, and it's, and I said this in, the, I believe the last episode, and I kind of compared it to, uh, to Roy Holiday. Oh, we're going to the miners and tweaking the stuff. Like they brought this guy down to, you know, to being in the majors, they brought him up. They sent him all the way down. I think probably even to to single or double A. He came back, you know, like they brought him up level by level. They refined and reshaped his entire repertoire. The guy became a multiple Cy Young Award winner. You know, and I think with Keith Lee, if there's something that someone can say, I want to make you a little bit better, let's let's try to work on this a little bit more. It's obviously is not. It has nothing to do with his character. They've think, already known Keith Lee is he's over. Yeah, I think also too is because with the presentation, because as soon as he got to the main roster, stuff that was like that he was standing out doing in NXT was slowly being picked away, like his gear, yeah. his entrance music. People like, whoa, hold up, like that. And that's what, what are I'm you saying. Doing? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Like you literally brought him on main roster and started taking away everything that people was liking from him. There was a story. I, I believe there might've been a backstory to him, him coming up with a new gear and it's changing his, uh, his theme music. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I, I felt some type of way also about it. I was like, what is this? Like, why are you giving, <laughs> why is homeboy coming up with some, with a new in-ring attire? Why is why are we not hearing bask in his glory? Like, what which, is which this? Was perfect for him. Yes, like that's like, legit. Like, this is his moniker, bask in his glory. And as somebody with that that circumference and that girth, yes, it, it, it fits. Like this big ass nigga doing agile moves, bask in his glory. This yeah. is not some regular three hundred and fifty pound man. No. Like he's not he's not your your average day butcher. Like this guy can he has he has it, you know. And I do believe that I never I never took it serious or and I felt some type of way. Same thing with Otis. Like I think Otis is money and I do believe Keith Lee's also money. If they're like, hey, we want you to get better, um, obviously like the company has some other stuff in play you know, um, with where they want to go. But it's like, if we can kind of just reshape these guys and make them something better where we can kind of like, let's let's fine-tune you. Mm-hmm. What, what can we do to really make you pop? And I don't, I never took it as a sign of uh, a disrespect, like I said, for Mo, and I'm going to keep saying that. I thought that if the company is, is willing to invest and for you to get fine-tuned and are willing to take that sacrifice that we got to pull you off TV, but when we want, well, when we bring you back, you know, just, it's not even so much of being just like repackaging, but just kind of like, we want you when, when you, when you come back, like you're good. Yeah. Cause especially if they, if, if they're going to give you the opportunity to pull major weight, like either in the main event yeah. spot or like a very high profile match, they want to, as a company, they have to be make sure that you're you're gonna do everything great. 
Because, you know, especially, like, because, you know, WWE matches, like, one of those, like, real 30-minute classic bar burnings. Yeah. Like, so you can't be gashed, you can't be blown up, and you still have to make everything look just as pretty in minute 33 as in, as if it was, like, minute two. Yeah. Like the con- this is the... The way I look at it is like this. If the... If- if Vince or anyone in the back gave no shit and had nothing for you, you would be the guy to get buried. You, that's sim- simple as that. Like, they can have you show up on TV and just take L's or take have, like, meaningless wins. Let's be honest. You give it EC3 treatment. They, th- that's exactly what they can honestly do. We have nothing for you. So we're just going to run you off and do a, a random segment on, you know a moment of bliss just to show off your abs. Like, that's literally what they can do. But if they can say, hey, we want to pull you off TV to re- repolish you and then reintroduce you, because if you're telling me that Keith Lee will not be at the Rumble and actually make a huge impact yeah, on that match, because let's he's, he's, he's going to be in the Rumble match. Unless somehow I'm, I'm wrong. Like, now he has they to have something planned. Like there, there obviously are going to be plans for that. Nah, we'll see. But I, I just thought because it really came to a head last month, like seeing because it's like seeing the graphics for the first time, like how much because Raw like four years ago was hovering around four, three million, mm-hmm. and now it's a low one. And then you you can't you can't say like oh that that's a small number like that is a legit drop off. It is, but but bro, we'll, we'll see is. we'll see what they can do. Um, but so we have like our end of the year cat rewards besides all the tragedy and non fans. This has been a very unique year wrestling. Um, companies. Like really had to like throw everything out the window, create new new sets, new stages. Smart. Yeah, but it's definitely been uh, it's definitely been a, a very interesting year for with that without being said, without a doubt. Very interesting. It's also been very enjoyable. Like, um, because we was talking earlier. And I said, um, during this year, I really can't recall, like, a bad, like, a atrocious show. I'm pretty sure a raw, a raw hair in there was atrocious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, like, just overall speaking, I can't really remember, like, a bad showing from a wrestling company this year. They- it, was just, it was just very tough when there were just no fans and you can hear a pin drop. Yeah, the no, the no fans is, like, really... That was tough. Like even now, watching, <laughs> even trying to watch Impact with Impact no fans for me, like, it's you know, it's a little tough. On the side. <laughs> so it looks like it's only like two people in the building. No, even <laughs> even the same thing with Ring of Honor. Like that's it, it's been a tough watch. And Ring of Honor, that that's definitely a company that needs fans. Yeah, like it's it's been a, a quite the a tough watch. I I've tried and it's just like there's been some some good matches and I'm like wow like if they would have had some fans to kind of really put that spot over um would have been great but honestly like it just 
it hasn't. Like even just recently, when you know Ring of Honor always has their their final battle, um, pay per view, you know, events, and the same thing with their you know World of Wars when they usually have their their Ring of Honor and like New Japan crossovers. Like it's been tough. No, it has. it's been. Um... Because I know I I remember when um they got rid of Heyman from Creative and they said because his um his his plan to push all the stars wasn't getting as much reception as they hoped and they were like how can you gauge that without any with no fans yeah. and it's like you have, you have, <laughs> like it was it's tough and he's like and Heyman said is like you have to give me somewhere between four to six months to really build. These guys, because you got to remember, at that moment, you you already you lost your top stars. You didn't have the John Cena. You didn't have Roman Reigns. You know, you didn't have Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch. Like you, you lost a really big core of your, you know, of where you guys always focus on. Yeah, like the lunch. My job, yeah, like my job right now is to try to get these guys in. Let's get these guys over. You know, when and a lot of guys got just wasted in catering. Yeah, everybody. Not very true. That's really what it was. It was it was the catering crew, you know. And I saw the build up that they were trying to to do with Andrade. Same thing with um with uh you know no longer with uh, Zelina Vega. Um He tried to get he you know, to get and, black rolling. You know, like same thing with uh with Garza, like these are guys that they they just there was so much potential. Same thing when you had, um, with I thought it was it would have been a great tag team, you know, with Ricochet and and Cedric Alexander. Like these were guys that they they tried to kind of like build around. They wanted to bring Ali in, and it was more like this isn't working. You're 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 doing a terrible job. It's like. How 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 can you really judge that? Especially with no fans. With no fans, exactly. You know, the the best thing that honestly has happened was when they did when they decided to come up with the Thunderdome idea, honestly. Oh yeah, that definitely breathed like some new some new life into like the, like the post pandemic uh, WWE. I mean like y'all got the Thunderdome. Absolutely. Right, like, pull I, up. I did like, you know. Who are gonna be there? That really brought in a a whole different element. Like, um, it was cool. Like, I did like when they did have uh, you know, some of the wrestlers of the fans on the side. It was cool. Um, but I think that them being in the Thunderdome, I thought that added now a really cool element of just kind of really bringing in like actual, you know authentic crowd noise. Yeah, because also it's the WWE, and WWE is the Broadway of wrestling, so and when yeah. when they was going during their PC phase, they kind of lost the spectacle. Yeah. And and that's another thing that makes WWE is the spectacle behind their product. The fireworks, yeah. the presentation, the lights, the packed arenas, but they're not. But you know, also just that, making it feel like it's bigger than what than just two people in the ring, and they kind of got a little bit of back back when the Thunderdome opened up. I still think one of the the most for me was a great funny spot 
uh, was having Matt Riddle come out and actually try to fist bump one of the LED screens with one of the fans. Really? <laughs> I was just like, this guy's a clown. <laughs> nah, it's Dev Clown. Um, where, where should we start from, from the best of the years? That's a great, great, great question. Um, um, even just, um, you know, the pay-per-view of the year, I think. Um, mine's, mine's, we, mine, I would say my pay-per-view of the year is, um, was it Revolution? AEW Revolution? AEW Like two yeah. weeks before the pandemic? Yeah. I thought that show was, I think that had to be the best paper. And it feels so long ago, and I can't, you can't even... It feels like that no, show did not did not happen last year, but it did. It feels like it like it was like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It it honestly really does, and you're not the only person to I feel that way. And it sucks too because I remember that show AEW was trying out that whole little lighting in the crowd. I don't know if you guys remember <laughs> it. Yeah, so that was like the first show trying out this new like feature or like hey maybe we could do that and it was awesome and then we didn't haven't gotten any more since because of corona but I thought our evolution was um I thought that was that was a crazy ass pay-per-view yeah um even from the match that they had um that was the uh Jericho Moxley mm-hmm um, and just kind of you know, even though it's a little later, um, they even had possibly one of the you know one of the best matches of the year, and that was the uh, the Page Omega and oh, versus that, the Young Bucks. That's one of my matches of the year. You know that for me that was a, a good consideration for that. Um, 